Hello and welcome to Talking Time, the podcast where we talk to the amazing people behind Britain's watches. Um, I'm Katia, I work for the Alliance and here with me we've got Ricky from Scottish Watches. This is the second episode we're recording, so things are still a little bit new and we're just trying things out to see if everything's going to be okay, but as far as I can tell, everybody's sounding good. And today we've got our special guests from Cambridge, uh, Matt Hurd and Karim Faisali from Bowcroft Watches. Hi guys, how are you doing? Hi, very well. Nice to speak to you. Yeah, very well, thank you. First of all, tell us how about how it all started with um, the watch company. Was there a moment when you thought that's it, we're setting up a watch company? There were, yeah. I guess um, we have we have probably our own stories that brought us together to, to sort of create um, Bowcroft. Uh, mine, I had sort of two very clear touch points that sort of led me on, on the, the, the watch journey, I guess. One was way back when I was a baby, 1979, taking it all the way back. My, my father's Persian, my mother's um, Northern Irish. Um, so we were as a family in Iran um, and the Iranian revolution happened. So my dad was from a very prominent um, Persian family and overnight they had to, they were exiled. So they had to grab one bag and, and leave the country. Um, and in that mad rush, my dad sort of in his bag picked a watch that he chose with the mindset of giving it to me when I sort of um, grew up. So later on, he actually did that. Um, so I had that kind of story um, sort of um, surrounded me, I guess, as watches played that part very, very early on. Which watch was it? It was an Eternomatic, a 14 karat gold bracelet, gold watch. Gold everything. Gold, gold everything, exactly that. So really not my taste, um, but I was very appreciative when he gave it to me. Have you still got it, Karim? I've still got it. Yeah, yeah, I've still got it. Uh, I don't really wear it, as I was saying. I, I can't, I've never found an occasion where I can sort of put on this very opulent sort of solid gold watch. But it, it's there and, and it will be passed down to, to my son. Um, and it probably led led to that sort of second point where, yeah, kind of going full circle, I guess. In, in 2017, my son was born and I was, um, at the time I was working, uh, co-founded a, a fintech startup in London. And I was sort of finding time where I was sort of traveling to London and I was building this business that I had no passion for in, in reality. Um, you know, it was sort of more chasing money than it was anything else. And that's not really what I'm about as, as a whole. So I just sort of felt I wanted to spend more time with him and I wanted to build a company that I was really passionate and, and um, uh, that, that I could sort of pass down to him that he, that he would be proud of in some way and, and watches were the natural choice. So taking those two sort of points in my life and then speaking to Matt um, and he had his own journey and we just decided that, that we wanted to do it. The time was right and Berkhoff came about. What a story. And how did you two meet? So we actually met through our wives. So our, um, our wives worked together uh, in, uh, in HR and people team. And um, so we'd, we'd meet socially at parties and things. Mm. Um, and it wasn't actually till I was buying a watch for my brother um, that I got talking to Karim about watches and realised he had this expert knowledge and, and this amazing history of watches. Um, and from there, we just kind of would geek out every time we'd meet up. Um, everyone around has kind of fizzled away, I guess, because we were always talking about the nuances of, of, of watches. Um, that, that, that watch as well that I, uh, actually, Karim helped me find or bought from Karim, um, set me on the path was one of the things that set me on the path, uh, with the watch world. So I'd, um, I'd studied as a, a product designer. I was always fascinated by the products that we have in our lives that carry more meaning than the sum of their parts. And I'd kind of bought my first watch uh, when I was about 16. And I, I got some money from a, a, my grandma 
And I thought, I'm going to buy a watch that, you know, I'll always remember her by. Um, I'll always have, and it will be sort of synonymous with her and, and how I feel about her. And I made the most awful choice. Uh, I bought this very of the moment fashion piece. I had a few hundred pounds and that seemed like the only thing I could kind of get. Um, a year later, I was really ashamed of it. It kind of, it, it completely gone out of style. It was, you know, it, battery was flat and I felt kind of disappointed that that's what I'd chosen. What watch was it? It was very large. The company probably should stick to making um, jeans rather than, <laughs> uh, than watches. For me as a designer, I'd always been interested in the stories between people and the things that they own and the reasons why they buy them and i think that had sown a seed in me that you can watches can be extremely powerful and they can create amazing moments and stories between people or they can be completely wrong and it wasn't until i was buying a watch for my brother and, and just to give a bit of background my brother has um is on the the autistic spectrum so he's not really very material he doesn't have lots of physical things that he cares about it's it's it doesn't bother him and and style fashion is not not his thing um but when i gifted him this watch for his for his 16th birthday suddenly this was the thing that kind of meant more to him than anything else this was the product that if there was a special occasion he would get this out he would polish it he'd put on his best shirt he'd wear this watch and that would be a moment for him and i'd never kind of seen that in him before and I, at the time, was designing uh, kettles, you know, beauty devices, um, coffee machines, lots of things that, you know, the market needs and you're trying to improve and, and uh, you know, add technology into. But I'd never seen anything quite as powerful as, as the story that we can have with a great watch um, and the story between people. And that really probably was the moment for me. Um, you asked Katya, was there a moment? That was when I think I felt... Mm-hmm. I've got to do something in watches like this is there's nothing like this. It was a really special moment. From my story, it was all about legacy. It was all about having something that we could that that I was completely proud of, that I could stand over. There's something that could be passed on to generations. And just having that object that 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 really means something. Whether you wear it or you don't wear it, it just it has a place. It has a place in your everyday and and it kind of feeds into that. So when we when we set about designing, for example, then it was always it was always about doing the best the, the best product that we could, best materials, which sounds really simple, but it was something that had that quality behind it. It wasn't a fashion watch, it wasn't a fad. There was something very traditional about it. So so that's kind of where where I was standing. And you know, I think it was very similar for yourself, Matt. I found over the last few years, and I'm relatively new to watches. 2017 is when I first bought a watch and had no clue whatsoever but since then the people I've spoken to and thankfully now I'm within the industry the stories that I hear on an almost daily basis from people and it doesn't matter if they're just starting out or they've been running a company for 30 40 years the stories are what brings it all together and it's as if the watch is just a cap a time capsule there we go a time capsule that contains <laughs> the legacy, the dreams, the hopes, the aspirations yeah. of future generations and the tales of the past, all encapsulated in a small metal container. And then kind of following on from, from um, certainly having a watch passed down to me from my father, my mother actually gave me a watch at the same time. It was one that she sort of got. I and mean, as I became collecting, she never thought to give it to me. Um, but because I'd been collecting and had such an interest in it over the years, she wanted to pass it on because it came from the sort of same time. Very, very different watch. It was actually um, hand-wound, very small Omega Deville, sort of blue, blue dial. Um, and very simple, 
but probably more in line with I wear that watch. I wear it more often than I did any other watch. Um, similar story, but probably more my style. And there's probably I've probably used that uh, uh, more as a as um, a foundation benchmark for our design in terms of where I could see it going. It sort of fed in. So I think just having the two pieces, even though the stories were the same, having the two pieces just meant so 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 much difference in terms of what they um, provided for me. One I could wear every day. One was very sort of special, like you know, kept it in in a, in a certain box and everything else. But um, yeah, it, it's it, they're, they're very powerful. We found that we um, and we're seeing that now, kind of down the road with our customers as well. And we enjoy that that side of things, and that sort of really led to to everything that we've done. I guess everyone's got a story to tell through a watch, and there are so many people that have either been in Karim's situation, my situation as a sixteen year old trying to trying to buy something with a bit of meaning and not really knowing where to go or where to start um or someone who's you know built a connection and wants to you know mark that connection with with something special like like with my brother um and i think it's it's kind of the seed that sat there the thing let's make sure people let's create a better situation for people when they're in that situation let's help them find something that lives up to those stories that they have or that they're living and let's create an experience around it that, you know, actually creates a moment in time as well when they're actually choosing, uh, choosing the watch. Uh, and that, that has stayed very core to, to whenever we're looking at, uh, what we do next or what to make or, or who to partner with. We're always thinking about those people, um, and, and their stories. Yeah. Well, design as well. What inspired design of the series of watches that you've got on at the moment? I guess linking back to that story that we were, we were, we were saying, um, what was the watch that I should have bought uh, when when I was when I was sixteen and wanted something that was going to last and um, you know be memorable? And and I think that's really a lot of that's where our first watch, the Senate, has come from. It's something that's you know it's smart, it's classic, it's got modern touches that give it a bit of vibrancy, a bit of energy, whether that's colour, styling, design. It's something that you notice, but it's not um, obtrusive. And it's something that you can imagine in 10, 20 years is going to look as classic as it does the day you get it. And it's something that is accessible, is, you know, for a lot of people, maybe their first mechanical watch, their first uh, smarter watch. So we wanted it to be quite dressy, something that you put on for that special occasion. Uh, you've, you've put on for those those moments where you want to look your best. Um, so that's what kind of really led to that style. And Karim and I, uh, when we were designing it, we'd always be on the move. So we love walking. You know, we're very lucky to live in Cambridge. So we have wonderful places to walk around. Mm-hmm. Um, as you know, Katja, from, I know you're from Barry St. Edmunds. Yes, You've got this history. Local, yeah. It's impossible not to be inspired by what you see. Uh, Cambridge is this melting pot of the old and new. You've got the old architecture and history and stories um, with modern people, modern uh, technologies, aspirations. So we'd take elements of, of what we saw and kind of put a modern twist on it and bring that into the watch. So um, our logo, which is the, the sort of four teardrops together, for instance, and, and features heavily in our design, is taken from the um, the surround of, of the King's College clock uh-huh. uh, in, in Cambridge. And, and you see that sort of beautiful and elegant shape on lots of the uh, architecture uh, in and around Cambridge. Yeah, it sounds, uh, Matt, that you've pretty much designed the watch that you should have initially bought then back at 16. I think so, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it, oh, it really, uh, you don't know how embarrassed I was by it a few years later. I mean, there's nothing wrong with the watch, but it was just, 
it wasn't the right fit between the stories. Your connection with Cambridge, and you're obviously based there, and your designs are very much based on Cambridge, like you said, but also you had some very exciting news last year when you announced your partnership with uh, the Cambridge University. So tell us a bit ah, more about that. Before we get to that, I want to bring something up, because you talked about Cambridge <laughs> and everything that surrounds you influences what you do, and there is this old and new And when I think of Cambridge, or when maybe listeners across the world, because this podcast will go international, they've heard of Cambridge and Oxford. They're the standouts in the UK when it comes to further education. It's the Yale and the Harvard. But for me, being a bit of a tech geek, I remember Clive Sinclair, Mm, you know, Um, ARM, (laughs) Acorn computers, the processor that's in most phones, tablets, everything across the world. That was kind of the brainchilds in your local area as well. So you've got this entrenched history with the universities, mechanical watches, and you've got the boom of the computer era in the UK from the same place. It's amazing. So it is. I think it's when we, when we, we named the Watch Senate, for example, um, a lot of think people thought it was about the Senate House, which is the house is the graduation for the university. But actually, we came about that name from, from uh, there's a passage beside it called Senate House Passage. And we used to walk down there and you can really feel the vibrancy of Cambridge. And there's a real mix of the university, the town as well, um, and also the tourists. So we would see this um, sort of coming together of those three elements within the city and the vibrancy that it gave to that. So it's not all just about the university that is very prominent and is steeped in, in its own history. And, and we're obviously very proud to, to now be a part of that in a very small way. But it was, you know, Cambridge has its own indie scene, you know, vibrancy, startup scene. Um, so, so we... We'd like to feel as though we've taken from all of those elements uh, and try to encompass that into into our design. Well, the most I've seen of Cambridge was from a documentary that's probably now 15 years old called Micromen. I don't know if you've seen it. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. It charts the history of computers and how Sir Clive Sinclair and Chris Curry got into loggerheads and the development, how the BBC Micro came to be and all the rest of it. And everything was shot in Cambridge. So it was good for me to be able to see the background of where you guys are actually based. I'm now going to pass it back to the host of the show, Katya, because I interrupted and I promise I won't do that again. (laughs) No, it's fine. Well, I was going to ask about the um, yearlings to Cambridge University. You've announced your partnership last year. So uh, can you tell us a bit more about that, please? Yeah, absolutely. We talked here a lot about uh, about stories and moments of for people one of the biggest ones especially in cambridge is you know that graduation that that achievement of excellence mm-hmm. you know that there's years of hard work you've put into something and it all culminates in you know the moment of graduation it's an extremely emotional time for a lot of people and we'd always um you know seen that being in amongst cambridge and when thinking about you know something to commemorate that and to celebrate that and tell this that story Again, a, a watch, and a, especially a mechanical watch, is such a perfect pairing. And so we'd been itching to get involved with the university for a while. Uh, and it was, just, it was just finding kind of that way in. And what was lovely about it, it was, was that it became a very natural partnership. You know, it's, uh, the, as, as Ricky was saying, you know, the history in engineering and an excellence and having something to, to mark that for people um, has has made it a, a fantastic match, and what and what's so interesting is that you you start working with different colleges, different clubs, and they're all so different. You know, everything's different. Um, it's we feel like we're only just scratching the surface of of you know what's possible with the university, and I mean the history is unbelievable, yeah. and you 
you know, you, you feel like you just get a, a very small but exciting taste of it. And we've been running the graduations, you know, being involved there. Um, finding the right watch for people on that day uh, has has been very exciting. We unfortunately don't get to actually see the ceremony because it's behind closed doors. Yeah. Uh, it's completely <clears throat> hidden. Uh, you only hear rumours about what actually happens. Ghost. <laughs> but it's, a, you know, one of the oldest uh, traditions. So we see people when they, they come out the doors and... Um, and sort of help a lot of them find find that watch. But that's been really exciting and so exciting to be um, part of something that's that's so prominent yeah. uh, to Cambridge. And when we talk about stories, you know, it, Cambridge is one of those places where it, it captures a big part of a lot of people's lives. And it might be quite a fleeting time. You know, if you're there for just four years studying a course, that is a very intense, very short, sharp uh, experience. And you know you're walking the, the paths that some of the most incredible... Um, you know, innovators have have walked. Uh, so yeah, super exciting to to be involved in that. Yeah. And speaking of the watches themselves, you guys actually sent me up one to have a look at because I had no experience. And I always go into things with a completely blank mind, clean slate. I want to see the thing in front of me because everybody can hype and spin and market all the way through. But until you get the product, <laughs> you just don't know. And I would love to say that I'm wearing it on the wrist today, but I'm not because my sister pinched it because she thought it was so <laughs> damn good. She came across and Love that. Great. generally not got a big interest in watches, although as happens with me and my family and my friends and people close to me, slowly but surely the bug starts to infect everybody. It's almost like coronavirus a couple of years ago. So the, the one you sent across is now away, but when I had it here, the fit and the finish was amazing. The way that the side of the case was so well machined and polished, it was a satin finish, a polished edge. Even flipping it over, looking at the case back, you could see through into the movement, the decoration, even the customised rotor. And this is a fully automatic, beautiful watch with a lovely dial that's colour matched to the strap. It comes in a presentation that is equally as good for yourself as it is a gift or a celebration for somebody, perhaps graduating, as you say. And then the price point, your watches come in at under £400, including that. It's kind of exceptional. Thank you. I appreciate you. I was quite lucky to um, try a few of your watches at Redbar Cambridge um, a month ago. Um, and they just really stand out. Absolutely stunning watches. And rightly, Ricky says. Oh, thank you. Thank you. We're not going to use that cliche of affordable luxury, but it kind of does apply uh. here a little bit. <laughs> so how did, from this being your first, well, it's almost your first single, it's your first song, to almost hit the number one chart position instantaneously. How did you manage that? Because we've seen a lot of brands, not just here in the UK, but across the globe, that their first watch is pretty good, but there's a couple of rough edges and they have to maybe work on that a little bit. Their second one's pretty decent and then they get into their stride by their third. But you've hit a home run day one. How did you manage it? It's funny you say that because we probably don't see it as the finished product. You know, we, we're quite critical. We're always wow. challenging ourselves. Um, so I think, you know, but, but we're probably our worst critics because both of us were trying to hit that perfection, which would maybe is unachievable. But um, yeah, we're, we're very proud in terms of what we put out. Um, we set out and it took a while. It took a long time. We didn't rush it. It didn't look good at first. It didn't. <laughs> definitely. There was a lot to say that. It looked pretty, pretty foul. At <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. There's many. I don't any I think it's also a thing of you. When we, when we started this, yeah, two, very much two friends um, that would, would, we'd, we'd meet up at each other's houses 
and we'd maybe open a bottle of wine and the our partners would chat and Karen and I would sit there and we'd draw and we'd sketch or later down the line we'd you know we'd get the cad out and we'd we'd just tweak and we'd just tweak and we'd just ch- test and we'd print things out and we'd 3d print case works on our little 3d printer um and no, I, think, I don't think we've ever added up the hours on that no um and we're probably extremely boring um you know to be in with the room but i think there was something so lovely about just having that expansive time just to play yeah um when we were doing that there was no timeline you know there was no we will launch on this date or we will <clears throat> push the button on this it was it felt very free um and hopefully that's that's one of the things that's kind of paid off now with with the design is just going through that yeah many many and we weren't afraid to show people you know we were very at the time we'd never believed we'd actually have a, a watch business <laughs> so we were very happy to kind of share images and and talk to people um again even when we had our our first prototypes um you know our first our first samples and this was you know just just at the early stages of of lockdown when we you know brought everything together and we thought we we're going to be on the road you know going to lots of events going to lots of shows suddenly we knew we all we could do really was sit in front of one person at a time when you're allowed to do that um so we'd go on these quite bizarre sort of watch almost like a watch blind date yeah. where you've you've been chatting to someone online uh they've shown an interest in what you're doing obviously you've got very few very little followers and engagement at that stage and you're meeting them in a in a pub, in a pub. when they opened up or a cafe or just on a walk around cambridge um and actually what happens is you have this really intimate kind of half an hour hour with someone where you just share everything you know and 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 learn some stories about what people are looking for so i think we're very fortunate almost to have everything stripped away and just have the time to to build and to refine and to and to shape things with real people that that we found were sharing and had the same issue as us yeah and also we had an emotional tie to this watch you know from from us from our backstories it meant a lot we wanted to get it right so that that sort of pushed us or drove us forward to challenge ourselves each other in order to produce something that we would be completely 100% proud of and we weren't uh, prepared to compromise on that so you should <laughs> definitely be proud of it and did you fight over anything Thank you. what were the disagreements we like the juicy gossip maybe colour a little bit we've got yeah I always need restraints so Matt, <laughs> Matt, Matt, Matt pulls me down I'm I'm I want to go wild at all times. So I'm, I'm, uh, and I was maybe, yeah, color and probably like times. What colors did you want? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they're, they're outlandish, but I, you know, the, the, I was always sort of pushing for rainbow. Black, black on black. Black on black. Yeah, rainbow. Yeah. Black on black. So black on black, black, black case, black dial. Um, black hands, black, black hands. Feet. I just, I just wanted this dramatic kind of like can't see anything. Yeah, yeah it doesn't matter. I don't, I don't need to. I'll tell, you know, I'll carry, yeah, I'll carry a head torch with me. It's absolutely fine. So yeah, so that kind of thing. I always wanted the dramatic, the the, the kind of the moment. And Matt's much more sensible in terms of what, what's practical. You didn't get your way. I've not seen a black one in your range yet. I think we made a mistake though. I um, we did make we did one. we did make one. Oh. And I still wear it. And Karim wears it, and he he loves to wear it on a photo shoot or something. <laughs> yeah. Where then we have to explain we, why we don't have that yeah. range. Yeah, I think that's it. Really, I think you say time. I think it's um. I mean, I'm obsessed with this stuff. I'll literally go round and round and round and round on a design because I 
I guess in my previous life as a product designer, you're always working for someone else. You know, you always had a client who was paying the bills and had a certain launch schedule that you're working to. When it and when it's your own creation, um, yeah, you just. I mean, I just love the process. So I'd quite happily just go around. Karen says, "Is this the? You know, is this it? This is the one. Right? That's it. That's what we're sending yeah. to the manufacturer." And I was like, "Yeah, it's, it's yeah, you know, it's it's almost there." And then another month would go by and. Uh-huh. Garen would come around and I'm back on the 3D printer. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've got some questions about your 3D printing there. You're not just guys with a pencil and a pad or a mouse and some CAD software. You mentioned they're prototyping with 3D. Does that mean you designed the case yourself? Yes. Yeah. So this yeah, isn't absolutely. just you've gone through a catalogue from a far-flung place no, no, and no. ticked the box somewhere? Nothing at all. No, there isn't. A, every single element every element has been designed by us. In a watch that's £375? Yes. Yeah. That is insane. We're crazy. That is absolutely insane. <laughs> so the iterations, the design process for all these parts, with no prior experience, where did you start? So I guess I was very lucky in my background, and you were talking about technology before, and, and to the Cambridge technology bubble. That was that was my world. I, I worked at a you know science and technology engineering consultancy. So we were working on like cutting edge technology um, in the surgical space, in consumer, in food and beverage, in industrial, and we had all the toys. So we had CNC you know CNC milling machines. We had access to some of the best prototype model makers, you know, in the area. We had the the very best, uh, you know, software and tools and, and 3D printing and making one-offs and, you know, CNCing a casework was just what we did. You know, it, you'd, you'd be making rigs and, and fixtures and, and trying technology really quickly all the time. So I think that was, looking back, that was very fortunate that I... Uh, you know, you, you want to make something new, you go for it. You've got all the tools, you've got all the technology, you've got the contacts in the area. So it was always kind of, you know, it, I I just assumed that everyone had a little 3D printer when they yeah. were making any product. So it was second nature almost. Yeah, I think I, um, I think so. I mean, I'm very fortunate to have those sort of 12 years diligently learning kind of how to, how to develop products in that way. Um, in fact, one of the, one of the things that I guess probably allowed me and uh, to to get more into this was you know it's like with any sort of co- more corporate job the the higher up you go the less and less you do the design the more you're kind of managing the budgets the clients the uh the timeline and so i was itching to do some design so and so i'd sort of after hours be you know back on the back on the uh the cnc machine or or the the 3D printer, um, keeping my hand in uh, and, and keeping that fresh. What I'm starting to get a picture of here is that this isn't a new company, Katya. This is a company that's 12 years old, but it's only just now yeah. released its first watch. Yeah, I mean, in terms of design, it's probably, it was maybe three years before we even yeah. thought about launching, certainly. And obviously our experience prior to that. But yeah, we 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 definitely didn't rush, however much we wanted to. We definitely didn't rush. We, we took our time. We, we went through that process and enjoyed that process all the way along. I think we were, in, yeah, definitely. I think we were so inspired by a few very honest British brands at the time. Well, yeah. brands I remember, um, we just got back from Basel World, mm-hmm. and we'd we'd been at uh, we'd we'd seen Bremont there, and and we we sort of had a very 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 brief chat 
with the guys. Yeah. And yeah. I just remember them saying, yeah, it took seven years to get to, you know, to get to our first watch or something like that, yeah. wasn't it? It was yeah. like, it took years. And I think we came home and we were like, oh, that's cool. So we've only worked on this for Um But I think it just gave you that confidence that, yeah, you don't need to, you, why rush? Why rush? You know, it's only us two. And um, we haven't got this new technology that someone else is going to, you know, catch up with if, if we don't launch immediately. If, you know, it, we've got a story and we've got we've got a vision for a design and and kind of the longer it goes on, the better, which was great. So you've mentioned you still working on improving of the designs and what what's next? Something exciting coming next year? Lots coming. Uh, uh, I think we we talking about this earlier with with the Senate design. We had in our heads that that was, you know, it's a dress watch with a bit of vibrancy. It's a dress watch with some interesting colors that you don't usually see and some, and some modern touches to the design. Um, we, what we've learned from our customers is, is a dress watch, but people want to wear it every day. They want to wear it all the time. Yeah. Um, they want it to be more of that everyday piece. And I think one of the, one of the things that's been really wonderful and it was great to hear Ricky that your that you said your sister has 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 picked up the Cambridge Blue is I think we sell sort of 60 60 percent men 40 percent women Ooh. at the moment um and for a lot of our uh female customers it's a bit of a bold it's a bit of a statement watch no it's something they wouldn't have naturally picked um I remember a lot of people saying you know is that going to be too big um is that too bold but when people have actually sat down with us and tried it on and worn it for a bit they've gone actually i love this this is a statement this is something different this isn't overtly feminine you know this is something that is taken seriously and, and stands out and there's been learnings like that there's made us go okay what is next and i think we want to make the best everyday watch we can you know we want to make that watch that you just want to Aha. I'm showing a picture the, on yeah. the screen of my sister sending really? a photo of her at work wearing the watch. <laughs> Wonderful. So, yeah, she can't take it off. The there you go. Well, that's, yeah. That is uh, exactly what we love. And I think yeah. so it's now time. I think we've, you know, we've got that kind of drip, that mm-hmm. watch that sits between a, a dress and an everyday. Yeah. We want to now make something that you just don't want to take off. It's yeah. the watch <clears> that, you know, is your go to day to day what does that mean it means it's a little bit smaller so we've gone for a 37 mil we are playing around with that case as you were describing um ricky we love the idea of a tapered case so that it sits small on the wrist and then presents itself off the wrist so we've we've kept that but we're taking some really lovely inspiration from some of the bridges um around cambridge and actually the story of how we've been designing this watch is is quite unusual so we uh partnered with a a punting company that means a very different thing in scotland i'll have you know (laughs) yes let me quickly explain (laughs) i've tried it i like it it's a bit like it's a bit like the one in scotland the Mm. one in cambridge i've tried (laughs) (laughs) a lot of people think of sort of venice and sort of like a gondola type boat it's effectively like a cambridge equivalent so it's a very narrow long wooden boat with with a chauffeur on the back who has a long wooden pole yeah and is sort of guiding you down the river on that boat if you're brave you do it yourself which we've if you're brave and brave. maybe sometimes but you have yeah. to be very yeah. brave <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah we uh we partnered with them because we wanted to take people out on the river we were finding that when people came to cambridge to see our watches they wanted to do something in the day and wanted to get a taste of cambridge mm. uh so we thought well, what better way than have a a boat you know that we could take out and take people out especially if it was a special occasion and yeah. someone was you know had a big birthday they wanted to celebrate well and wanted this watch to be the present why not present it on the river and graduations etc yeah. and um 
what actually what we realized was being on the river is such a it's it, there's something about being on water and moving that just helps with creativity it helps with flow um and we found that whenever we'd go out on the boat we'd just start thinking about new designs thinking about inspir- you know inspirations for it so what we thought might be quite fun is actually to design our second watch on the boat on the boat so we actually took sketch pads out yeah. and we you know sat and we we shaped it uh, while we we're on the river, and and obviously what's happened is some of the architectural designs have kind of rubbed off into that design. So the casework has this beautiful curve to it that that matches one of the bridges uh, in Cambridge, and it's a watch for kind of enjoying being in your element, being in your flow. You know, it's it's there, it's your companion. Um, it sits very comfortably and neatly on the wrist, but also as night turns to dark. It comes alive in a different way. So we've been playing with with Loom um, and creating something that looks very different uh, as night sets in. So it's something that you don't need to don't need to take off. A lot of people were, um, you know, giving us feedback on the Senate that they just wish it wish it sort of glowed in the dark. And you know, we said was a dress watch. You know, you you don't typically see Loom on a dress watch because you you know you're using polished metals and that sort of thing. But but what people were telling us is no, but we want to. We want to wear this watch all the time, and so so that's the new one. Um, yeah, so excited about. Yeah, so we we are, and this it's kind of on its ways, really. So we, we're aiming to to launch that kind of quarter three this year. Wow, how exciting! You've definitely got very creative ways about designing your watches and selling them to your customers. Because uh, I know there's another place where, apart from the boat, where you can see yes. Bowcroft <laughs> watches, try them on while having a bit of fun as well. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. So we, um, yeah, I'd love, we'd love to tell you a bit about that and how that kind of started. It kind of ties again a little bit back to the, the slight intimidation of trying to buy your first yeah. nice watch. Um, you know, the slight intimidation of some of the, the, the shops, um, you know, with the, the guarded doors or, you know, some of the high street stores that you go into, it's very much, you're very aware that you're standing in a shopping center, you know, with your shopping at your feet, standing over a counter, it's all very busy. You're, you know, you, you feel a bit rushed. It's not exactly the, the, the moment and experience you were looking for to sort of celebrate, but whatever it, it was that you were buying the watch for. Say, if you're buying something for your partner, um, how can you soak that up in a different way? And we're fortunate to be to have friends that uh, run uh, the Cambridge Distillery. So it's a gin distillery uh, where all the gin is made in Cambridge, and they use some amazingly innovative techniques to create very different gins with some amazing botanicals that you, you couldn't normally make gin with, such as sort of truffle gin, which is particularly intense and, and exciting. But they, um, as well as having a distillery in Cambridge, they have the gin lab, and, and the gin lab is sort of a a creative interactive space where you get to come and learn about how gin is made, but also explore your tastes, um, drink a lot of gin uh, and have <laughs> an excellent time. Buy a lot of time. watches after that. Buy a lot of watches, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, exactly. That is our business model. Exactly. Four, four gins. Barriers <laughs> and that's it. It's the same. <laughs> but um, when, when, when it was in the pandemic and um, we were looking at somewhere to, to launch, just things started to open up, we, we sat down with the gin lab and said, look, we love what you do for gin. Is there something like that we could do for watches? Yeah. You know, can we take a grade two listed building in the heart of town down a cobbled street and have somewhere where we can invite people in pour them a gin and tonic from some of the world's best gin and just create an experience for them as they pick their perfect watch and so we we not only sell our our watches 
in the in the lab, but we hold private fittings and viewing sets, so someone can come and spend forty five minutes exploring a full range of of watches and and straps. And we quite often buy some weird and wonderful straps um, just for that fitting, yeah, so that uh, people can really just unwind, enjoy a few gins while they you know celebrate with that person they're buying it for. Mm. Or you know, it's been perfect for big birthdays, graduations. It was amazing for us to meet some of our early customers. Caramon and I would run those firsthand when we started. So we'd sit down for an hour um, and you'd just hear some incredible stories. Um, You know, couples that had lived in Cambridge years ago and then fallen back in love themselves and with the place. And and it it, um, there's a magical place for, for that sort of storytelling. And also it's very fun. Definitely, and those people that we sort of met in the, the first first instance, early the early kind of earlier on, still talk to us. You know, we still we still interact with them. They're, they're sort of following our journey and what we're doing, so it's it's been great. And they're they're the best people to give us the feedback as well when we're sort of thinking about mm. what we're going to do next. Gosh, I mean, I can't wait to visit. I've not been to that. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, you gin, haven't been in yet. Gin and are you a fan of? Yet? No. Did you not just say that you stay five minutes away? About thirty-five minutes. Yeah. Well, you definitely. should for sure. You definitely. Yeah, I have to get a taxi on the way back and a big case for watches. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, of course. Let's talk a little bit about the alliance because that's the whole reason that we're here today. You guys are members, and the people listening are hopefully members. If not, they will be soon. Katja, do you want to explain a little bit about the alliance for the uninitiated? So we launched um, on lockdown, very good timing. Like a lot of watch companies, startups actually, um, we've done very, very well. So um, our chairman is Roger Smith and we've got Mike France of Christopher Wood as co-founder of the Alliance. And we basically, our main goal is to promote British watch and clock brands around the world. First year, we've been working hard on getting everyone on board. And now we've got um, 78 trade members which is absolutely brilliant. This year, we're focusing on quite big initiatives for careers. We're going to look at the live event. We've also got a really big club membership database now. Thanks very much for your support, everyone. Always glad to have new members joining us. Well, you know, the best thing about joining the Alliance is you get a signed bit of paper from Roger Smith. You do, you do. We, we This year, with the launch of our first collaboration watch between Fizz and Christopher Ward, we had such an influx of club members that I have actually been chasing after Roger Smith and Mike France to sign the certificates <laughs> for club members. And that's been my, my top priority, top on my list. <laughs> so I could get the membership next and send out soon. <laughs> well, that's good that there's a waiting list now for certificates with Roger Smith and Mike France's names <laughs> on them. But that is one of the benefits. The Alliance isn't just a trade body for creators, watchmakers and entrepreneurs within the UK. It's for members. Members, and you don't have to be within the UK to be a member. You can join. I believe there's members from across the world who are all waiting for those certificates winging their way across the ocean. They are. We've got members in all sort of countries, Europe, Middle East, um, everywhere. Yeah, from all over the world. Right, okay, back to you guys. You're the stars of this show. So (laughs) any funny anecdotes that you can share with us about the process of coming up with watch designs, bringing them to fruition, getting them produced, getting weird and wonderful prototypes created? Yeah, I mean, we've gone through a lot of that. Yeah, hefty process in terms of design. We've we've, we've managed to keep a lot of them to look back and Mm. think how... (laughs) Crazy, especially at the time when we were like, "Yeah, we've done it. This is it. We're ready." And then you realise you we weren't at all. Yeah, definitely. We've maybe what we're doing now is quite key with this actually. So we we always trying to find um, 
new partnerships and, and try and find something different. But mm. the core being, you know, creativity and an, you know a key experience for someone. Um, and our latest partner is uh, the Cambridge Club Music Festival. So this is a a music festival uh, run by two guys, uh, Will and Chris, young, dynamic, creative doing something different for Cambridge and creating this sort of very um, kind of, I was almost quite 80s, 80s inspired feel good festival um, and getting some big names. And so they had Diana Ross as their headliner last year and Lionel Richie this year. Um, we've become, we've become the sort of watch partner to the event yeah. and, and running sort of interactive uh, and engaging things on or at the festival and, and sort of marking that moment for certainly for, for myself. And I think for you, Karen, when, when summer comes around, festivals music that's that's the time that 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 i certainly remember so being a part of that is is key but back to your question ricky we've taken on the task of designing one-off pieces for some of the lineup oh and so we are throwing ourselves into the world of (laughs) designing for some exceptionally creative (laughs) uh wonderfully diverse people yes um and trying to design something unique very very quickly for each of those and some of the watches that have come out of the early stages yes. of that have been <laughs> may, a bit may, may never see the light yeah again. absolutely <laughs> um but it's good fun when is the festival happening so the festival is uh is the first week in in june and that's when we'll also mm-hmm. be um presenting these these pieces to the artists yeah. so what we've we'll, been we'll doing is kind of, their that's yeah what we'll absolutely <laughs> so we've been getting input from them uh, various levels of input to really trying to get under the skin of, of what they're about mm-hmm. and, you know, what, what the importance of, of time is to them and, and that kind of summer feel and, and festival vibe. And now we're kind of behind the, behind the scenes trying to turn those into, into watches quite quickly. And a lot of the techniques we're, we're looking at using allows us to make things locally, which is fantastic. So we're looking at how can we create dials in, in different ways yeah. uh, very quickly. So, that's so you're creating a unique watch for um, quite a few of these famous people, yeah, exactly just that. specifically for them. So we there's uh, there's eight eight potentially ten in total. That's a lot of work. <laughs> it is yeah. a lot of work. <laughs> Exciting. It's been a, it's been a lot of work, and it, and it is a lot of work. But um, it's what we love to do, and it's super exciting. Um, and and to take it back to that design stage, and as Matt was saying, sort of trying to take the information from these very diverse sort of personalities. Um, and, and we tried to scale it back by, by asking them almost three questions just so that we could get a feel and a vibe and everything that we needed to in order to go back to our design process um, has been a challenge. What were those questions? Was there a moment in time that, that, that sort of meant something? Was there a, was there a colour? Was there a, a symbol? Was there a vibe that you sort of felt... It's based more about kind of the feel, the time of year. That yeah, it's a place. It's a very peak of summer festival. So it's yeah. kind of like, what is describe your peak summer moment? Yeah. You know, what is that? Who are you with? Who's there? Where are you? What time of day is it? Um, and it's 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 quite a what we liked about it, it's quite a personal question. You know, you get some really interesting stories about you know what what does summer mean for different people. Um, when we were working with the guys at the festival, it, it you know it meant very different things for them. Yeah. For some of them, it meant a tremendous amount of hard work because everything happens in the summer, mm. uh, and and the moment for them was when the you know the the light goes down and you know the DJ comes on and they can suddenly let loose and enjoy themselves. Exactly. Um, yeah. So it's those sorts of stories that we're trying to put into a into a watch. Yeah. Um, 
which is very fun, quite challenging. Mm. <laughs> it is. Well, people it should is. definitely be following your Instagram page, though, that when the details and the pictures of these new releases come out, they are the first to see them, because I don't know what you guys have got up your sleeve, because you've definitely not shared it with us yet. This was all news to us. <laughs> but looking forward to seeing that. Have you guys got any advice for people that are maybe thinking of making that jump? Maybe they're caught in the corporate world, they hate the job, uh. they're looking forward to 5pm to clock off, and they have got the dreams and the aspirations of starting their own business and are looking to get into watches because as we keep saying and we've heard today it's something that you can attach thoughts feelings stories and legacy to and you guys have been yeah. through the the whole rigmarole starting to designing your first watch been massively successful releasing it what advice could you give to people i think i think for me it's um be open be open curious and 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 share stuff yeah you know i think it's very easy when you start any new venture to kind of close the doors and think oh i have to do everything secretly and i can't show anything because of you know ip or design rights or that sort of thing and you can go round and round and round in that loop and i think all of most of the best lessons we've learned was through interacting with people um it's one of the things that's been wonderful about the alliance is it's one of the most welcoming crowds of people and and yourself ricky such wonderfully welcoming welcoming people you know these these are people that in many other industries you'd say they're your competitors that that's not the field here you know you are building something together and that is you know the re-emergence of british watchmaking and and that history that design creativity and all the stories that go with it so i think it the only advice i would give is just be curious and talk to people you know don't be afraid to put yourselves out there and ask people for support advice you know the partnerships we've had whether it's with the the gin lab, the university, it's all been through people trying to do something different um, together. I'd also say don't necessarily give up the day job too quickly. Um, I'm so glad for for myself that I didn't give it up before I'd had the ability to learn, you know, through designing many different products, through this being a passion project on the side for a few years and really understanding with Karim is, you know, is this the thing that we we're ready to kind of dive into i think uh, sometimes you can you can definitely jump a little bit early and then suddenly everything has to be about making money because you've given up your you know your paid job to do it i think we did it at a time when we'd got that buzz and we had to do it like you know the way to deliver what we want to deliver means we need to jump yeah. um and what an exciting time to do that you know and, and there's certainly moments on there that feel right Definitely. What about for you, Karen? Yeah, I think for me, on the business side of things, it's just about um, setting your goals really, really early. Just understanding what success is, what you want success to be, not what other people or what you think it should be. Just sort of understanding um, uh, and sort of working back from there. Like, what is what is the aim? What is the goal? Is it to generate money? If that's what it is, then you go down a certain path. For us, it's never about chasing money. You know, from from you know the stories that we've told, it was more there was more to it than that, which is why we took our time to get it right. And um, obviously, we're a business and we we have to make money, but that wasn't where we set our you know our bar of success. So I think um, just just being very open and honest with yourself uh, to to understand what you want to achieve, and then you can work back and you can put the the processes and the mechanics in place in order to to try and get there. Um, so we've done that. We've been very open. We've been very honest with each other in terms of what we want to achieve. Um, and, and we've been very, very focused and committed on on ch- achieving that and not deviating from that. Um, and we've constantly tried to challenge ourselves 
along the way in order to achieve that. If you love watches as well, you've also got to be prepared that you might have to sell a lot of your watches to start mm-hmm. the business, which puts you in a very weird sort of conundrum where you're very nice, so. you know, you're selling some of the things you love to uh, hopefully allow you to do something different yourselves. That is true. And you can buy them back later you on. Can you can buy them and back. And even yeah, more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's just, just on that point, you know, I, I always collected watches. I've loved watches for from a very early age and I just don't get to wear any of them now because I feel like I'm cheating on Bowcroft if I if I put on another watch and go out in case somebody stops me and talks to me. So yeah, a lot of watches are sat there not 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 doing too much at the moment. So you guys mentioned you do all your design in house by yourself, but um, in terms of production, um, are you uh, outsourcing that at the moment or um, are you doing it in the UK? Yeah, so I would we're delighted to say that we've now moved this year moved the the production of our watches to the UK. So we're working with a a small partner, a small outfit that that can create watches and work very closely with us and assemble those watches, sorry, in uh, in Reading in the UK. Uh, it was also a contact that we, we were able to find by working with the Alliance as well because we were so keen to oh, to have that side of things brought brought to the UK, especially when you're wanting to do things that are a bit different uh, and just want to try some smaller runs yeah. um, uh, and not be held to these sort of huge, uh, or not huge, but large minimum assembly quantities. Um, it's so lovely just to get get in the car and, and go and see them and and try some different things. So it feels like the you know step that we really wanted to take. Yeah. Um, you know everything as you're saying is 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 very much designed here by by us two in, in Cambridge. Uh, now having you know the assembly in the UK and, and even starting to make some one off dials actually made in Cambridge mm. uh, has has been super exciting. Yeah. That's brilliant news, and that's what we encourage within the alliance. As we would really like to get, bring as much of supply chain back to the UK, and quite a few of our trade members are starting to do exactly what you're doing. We've ourselves made a few introductions as well. Like it goes back to how collaborative and how supportive the whole sector is. Absolutely, yeah, for sure. Well, this is interesting for me to see because usually I'm in the media-facing side of things. I get to speak to people about the new releases, and it's again, it's marketing and hyperbole mainly but to hear how the alliance is actually working underneath in the background connecting people and the link-ups that are happening because we obviously saw the christopher ward and the fears tie-in nicholas and mike france they've been friends for long and sundry so that was inevitable and it has massively helped the alliance but these little strings that are kind of connecting the dots behind the scenes it's fantastic to see and it should be a good push for anybody that hasn't joined the alliance already if there's a watchmaker a designer or whatever new old indifferent it's definitely something to look at because to join as a trade member i don't think there's actually a fee is there there is no fee no as we wrap the show up because time is precious and we've already taken up far too much of yours where can people find out more what's your website address or your instagram page yeah sure so um our website is is bowcroftwatches.com and how are we spelling that b-e-a-u-c-r-o-f-t watches.com and yeah, we have a an active Instagram. Um, we also, being a, a, a two man team, if you phone the number that is literally listening, Google it is Karim's. Number. Yeah, you just said so to me. <laughs> we also speak to me. You know, we are we are accessible. Um, we always enjoy questions, challenges yeah. um, from from customers, special requests. Uh, so we try and make ourselves as as available as as possible. What's the address of that gin shop, guys? So the gin, the gin lab is number ten Green Street in Cambridge. 
Yeah. There'll be a queue there on Saturday. Yeah, we did actually, um, just, just following on, we did, we made our own gin. Our own blend. Our own blend, which we, we only, uh, sort of bring out when people do come and have a watch fitting or, or come and see us there. So you actually get to taste some gin that, that we created. Bowcroft if you want to. If you gin. want to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And time, time people's blend, which is what we call it. Well, thanks so much for joining us today, telling your story. I'm, I'm, I'm sure we'll hear a lot more about you with all your exciting plans. Oh, it's been great. It's been, it's, yeah, it's been wonderful. Thank you so much. And Ricky, thank you very much for your help here. Yeah, no problem at all. And Katya, if people want to join the Alliance, trade or as private members who are into watches, how do they do that? Yeah, you can just go on our website, britishwatchmakers.com. Follow us on Instagram, please. There's a join us uh, button there in the right hand corner so you click that then there's lots of options to join us as trade member or club member or as is the student you go free well thanks for tuning in and listening and we'll speak to you soon goodbye